When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is I, Victoria, your DM. Welcome to the season finale of The Broadswords. Actually, it's not the season finale. It's like the finale finale, the series finale. And oh my goodness gracious, I can't believe we're here. Um, thank you so much for your patience. I know it's been a while. Um, there was a lot going on in various people's lives. Um, but we have it here for you and we want to give a very special thank you to Ryan Bolter for editing this episode and doing all of the sound design. So thank you so much for that. We really, truly appreciate it. At the end of this episode, we will tell you where you can find our new projects and our current stuff that we're going up to. Uh, so Tracy has some things going on, Kristen has some things going on, I have some things going on, um, and B has a whole lot going on. Uh, so stay tuned for the end of this to see where you can find where, well, what we getting up to. Thank you so much for being a part of this, and thank you for listening. You have been an integral part of this experience, this, this five-year-long experience. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, well, I guess it's time. Let's get to it. barbarian. And then there's me, Victoria Rogers, your DM. Well, it's finale time. This is a long time coming, y'all. Yeah, almost uh, just over four years, hey? Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> So, um, yeah, this is um, this is it, y'all. This is this is the finale. Thank you to everybody who's been hanging out with us and listening to the podcast and all of that for the past four years. You are all absolutely amazing. And you are to all my fellow castmates. I love you all. Thank you for making the past four years so great. Yeah, thank you. No kidding. What a wild ride. Mm hmm it's it's been something 
<laughs> it's turned into things I never expected it to be, and it's changed my life completely. I work in a field I love because of it. So thank you so much for being a part of this and making this happen and being a part of my life for the last four years. And with that, uh, B is no longer a cast member of the Broadswords, so we are presenting today's finale in their stead. They will be missed, and we really, really wish them the best on their new endeavors. All right, well, let's get to it. Let's go. Yularis, you grab a hold of Maypri and Dimension Door out of there. What does your Dimension Door look like? I imagine it's sort of like a... You sort of have like... It's more of like a vacuum of like, you know, the space that we had previously filled no longer being filled. And so I I don't know if it's so much what it looks like, but what it sounds like of that like... And like slow time machine type camera to not a time machine camera, slow-mo camera. We have words for that, but like maybe there would be some strange like time space dimension shifting, like weird face mutation smooshing, but it's too fast for the naked eye to see that. So it's more what it sounds like. Okay. You pop into a cozy stone room. A ghostly fire keeps room warm and bright. And seated on a cushioned couch, drinking tea, is none other than Bron Lee, your father. I think I sort of just land like, (gasps) huh? I drop my cup and it shatters across the floor. I am outright surprised. What? What? What did you? And I'm sort of just t- taking everything that just happened in. Yes, because you'd see not only a very confused Eulerius, but Eulerius is crouched over a bleeding Maypre who is unconscious. Oh my. Uh, help! Help! And I'm going to look down at Maypre and I'm like, oh no! Oh no! This isn't where I wanted to go. This isn't where I was trying to go. Where's Kayla? Kayla does the healing. I put my hands over the things that are bleeding, but there's too many. (laughs) Can you stop this? I need you to stop this. I rush over to Maypri's body on the ground, trying to assess what's going on, and I start yelling for help some more, and I try to force the door ajar uh, uh, hastily, uh, trying to get somebody to come in and, and, and bring her to some sort of facility right now. Can I fairly um, ineffectively try to staunch some of the bleeding um, with like, I'm just going to start grabbing tech, really nice textiles from around Bronley's room and try and like tie off some of the worst lacerations. Um, I have mm-hmm. no healing spells to speak of. Yeah, <laughs> so that's this fine. Give entirely... me a medicine. Ooh, oh, that's something that I've never done. <laughs> Since I'm right there, may I may I assist? Ooh. How are you assisting? Ooh, anytime there's something that needs extra pressure, I apply. So it's like 
uh, she has like three or four hands to be able to get this done uh, faster and more efficiently. Okay, sure. You have advantage. Oh, nice. That's a 17 and an 18 and I get plus one. So I guess it's a 19. Ooh, okay. Yes, you are able to use some tapestries that you just yank off the wall and you are able to rip them up into pieces and successfully kind of tie off some of the minor lacerations and cuts and punctures from teeth and whatnot. Um, However, that impalement wound Mm -hmm. is still bleeding. I'll I'll pack it with the rest of like what we have. I mean, like we need to move her somewhere quickly. Where, where is everyone? Is there no one here who can help us? What, what's going on? What's going on? And you hear two voices um, as people come running toward uh, the sound of your help, help. We need a healer right now. And two women show up um, in the doorway, looking down. They see both of you and they look slightly concerned that there are two strangers in their midst, but then they notice the bandaged up wounded person bleeding all over the rug. Oh, oh, yes, we should get her to the infirmary right away. Yes. Uh, are we, I, Bron Lee tries to pick uh, Maypri up. This might be interesting. <laughs> Grab the corners of the rug. <laughs> yes, yes, the, the corners of the rug. And the other two each grab a corner of the rug. Awesome. I'll just shove uh, as he like, as Bronley goes to like, try and actually just grab all of Maypre and just shove him towards the other corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I like stumble over to the corner and like hastily pick it up and try uh, uh, because I'm not coordinated in this at all. I just start immediately trying to drag my corner immediately without the help of the others right now. And it is, you know, not budging. <laughs> okay, on the count of three. One. Two, three. <sighs> and I think with four people, you can lift Maypre up mm-hmm. in the rug. And getting through the, the narrow doorway is a time, but you manage to do it without knocking Maypre about too much. And you are led by the two others down through multiple hallways and up a staircase to finally a long room full of wounded soldiers. There is a single cot um, pressed up to against a wall and the two be- make a beeline towards it. And as you bring Maypre over towards that cot, there are healers that come rushing over. Who is this? What's going on? It's May Maypre. She's. We just arrived, and the, you have a real problem outside. Let me tell you. But she's wounded. She's bleeding out, and she needs a healer now. We will get her. We will heal her. Thank you. Please leave her with us. The one healer kind of shoulders you aside as they take a look at what is going on with Maypre. They see the giant gaping impalement wound and they bring their hands over top. 
and you see a warm glow emanate from their hands and start to almost knit the wound together in front of your eyes. Okay, okay. <sighs> I'll just sort of say, like, to my pre- I'll, I'll be back. You're okay now. I... I turned to Bronley. I have to find Keela. She was still outside with that thing. I think she got away, but... Which, which, which way does she go? How does... Up? She, up? Up. I... Uh, <laughs> can I tell, like, I, like, remember to focus and, like, my fly spell, it's still going? Like, I can, like... Mm-hmm. It hasn't... Okay, yeah. So, you know the... The moat... Uh, between here and uh, I cast fly on all of us, but Maypre got impaled. And TV, have you seen that? He's huge. It's like several castles tall, and it's all knives. And Maypre got impaled, but Keela was still flying, so I dimension doored her out of there. I thought I was just going to the other side of the chasm, but then we were in your room, um, so that's different. But Keela's still out there, and I think she got away, but maybe she. We don't. I think I need to sit down. Uh, 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 I take, um, I gently grab, uh, Yulari's arm and start taking her out of the infirmary and bring her back to the now center rugless room, uh, (laughs) and, uh, go back to the teapot and, uh, pour out some tea for her and present it. As, as she is sitting down on the couch. I'll take it, and I think you can see the, like, the tea inside visibly sloshing around as her hand is, is shaking. Uh, and she just look at the, the broken cup on the ground. I, I'm sorry I made you break your teacup. That's... There is... Now, there's nothing to be sorry about. Now the set is incomplete. Honestly, at least for me, remember, I traveled around a lot. Not necessarily having a set is... Having a set is wonderful. But seeing you, despite the circumstances, is more. Where did you go? We went and found a portal. We found that portal, too. We tried to find you. We, uh... Kenethar and I went into the Shadowfell, and we found... We found a whole lot... A whole lot of... There was... There was a lot of conflict happening there and building. I can't believe we caused all this. It seems a little... Well, it seems a little outsized, you know? It's just... (laughs) just a bit much sometimes. That is... I'm trying to just take one step at a time, especially without having, having Ken here. Where's... Where is he? I... I don't know. 
and we were in the middle of a battle, and then they they said that he needed to leave. We he was with us for a bit, but we saw him again in in Sigil. But but then he he left again. I he went, haven't but, heard from him. I know he went back to the shadow to the shadow fay. Oh, but I haven't heard from him. I'm sorry. Thank you. But once again, in this moment, you have nothing to be sorry about. I really want to be mad at you for leaving again. I just felt like you should know that. I'm not as mad as I want to be, but I do want to be mad at you. And uh, Bronley sort of bows his head, um, sort of taking in all this emotion and looks up and just looks you dead in the eyes, Hilarious, and he says, that's fair. In fact, you should be. But I'll try. It seems it seems times right now we don't have a lot of room for big emotions and processing those. Hmm. Speaking of which, did you know that the army is like right there? Right, right there. Right there. Right there. Okay, good. So you all that's not a surprise. We've been there's been a lot of conflict since you've been gone. I've seen some of it and heard about more of it, but yeah, it's it's not looking great right now. There's I mean, you saw you saw the infirmary. Yes. Is there a plan? What's uh That's that plan is up to the Iron General and Iron Lord. I just well. follow and do what I'm told right now. Because it's it's a really scary time. What have they been telling you to do? Like, what are you doing? There's been some... Uh, <laughs> there's been some crafting, some magical crafting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and helping to infuse magic into some of their defenses to protect the stronghold. But for every little thing we figure to defend, they come right back and figure something else to negate that. And it's just been this terrible escalation of magic upon magic and sometimes brutal strategies to just for us survive. Some of us are walking in there and coming out of this completely drained. And it, it's, it doesn't seem like every step we, we take, they seem to be taking two steps. Well, by the sound of those drumbeats we were hearing, I'd say that everybody's steps are numbered at this point. Sounds like it might be over soon, one way or the other. Yes. Let's let's go find Hathryn Brunhild. Maybe she'll 
Maybe she'll have gotten in contact with or even seen Keela. Right, Keela. Um, I, I'm going to try and just send Keela a message. I know that the range on message is limited. I'm just looking it up. Oh, it's only 120 feet. But in the off chance that Keela is within 120 feet of here, I, I'm just going to... Keela, can you hear me? Come in, Keela. You don't hear anything in return. Sounds good. Um, I'll sh- throw back my tea. <laughs> That's quite warm. Still warm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I should have warned you. It, it would have been fairly intuitive if, if I had you know, thought for a moment. But I'm, I'm feeling a little scrambled right now, if I'm being honest. But uh, it's good. It's good tea. I'm glad you like it. It's Ken's favorite, too. I'll put the the teacup down with a lot of focus to keep it from rattling too much on the table and uh, stand myself up. Make sure I'm more or less steady on my feet. (sighs) All right, Hathrin Brunhilde, then. Uh, Bronley nods uh, hastefully and opens the door and uh, uh, gestures for Hilarys to go first. You know, I don't, even after the bit of time we spent here before, I I still don't really understand how this place is laid out. It's very confusing. I'll walk with you. Okay. And we'll set off into the hallways. You walk through the hallways, and it is indeed, it is a labyrinth inside. It's a maze. Um, and it was designed like that intentionally to make it difficult for any intruders. Um, but uh, you are brought through someone who knows this place very well. And you walk up a lot of stairs. In fact, you climb up and up and up to a tower where you there is a door with two Vramyoni on either side guarding it. I nod to the Vremrione, and we need to see uh, Hathryn Brunhild at once. This is Hilarius. We just brought in Maypri. Just one moment. And one of them knocks on the door, and you hear the word, enter. And the one guard opens the door. Well, the other guard announces, Bronley and Yuleri's Roaringhorn. I give him a little elbow. That makes it sound like your name is Roaringhorn, too. <laughs> uh, he, uh, Bronley, cracks a smile. Uh, <laughs> um, he cracks a smile, and you can see that underneath his uh, raccoon mask as, as we walk forward. Um, yeah, enter, and uh, if... Hathorn Brunhild is uh, obvious. I will give her a respectful bow curtsy thing. Yeah, you see a woman in almost like a mother of pearl and fish scale mask. Cool. Um, it shimmers in the firelight and 
this is actually real fire in here. Bronley, you would know this. Um, there hasn't been a lot of real fire in the Vermiani stronghold in a while, as you haven't had access to wood, um, being as you have had to keep the drawbridge up because of monsters lurking in the woods. All right. You've been all using magical fire. But in this room, there's real fire. And in the center of the room, there is a great round table with a crystal ball in the center of it. And seated by the fire, in fact, is that Hathryn Brunhild with her fish mask. Would we have met her when we were here the first time or is it? No. Okay. Because um, it was Hathryn Mesa. Yeah, that's um, right. Was in charge at the time, but she perished. Yes. Hathryn Brunhild, uh, I'm pleased to make your acquaintance. We just got here. Uh, I assume you know that there is a monstrous knife filled creature haunting the other side of uh, the the moat around the castle and also that uh, the army is uh, the mere drum beats away it sounds like yes okay well that's good she said without really looking up at that point you can see them out the window yes well the knife creature is quite large so I imagine that's terribly obvious um you wouldn't happen to have heard reports of my other companion, uh, Kila, who I'm hoping also escaped its clutches? Kila. Yes. She starts up at this and looks closely at you. Kila's missing. Well, missing insofar as I don't know where she is. Yes, uh, we were just outside. The creature set upon us. Maypri was... I feared mortally injured, so I grabbed her and dimension doored accidentally into Bronley's room. Um, Kila was, I had cast fly on her, so she, she was mobile. She, I believe she was out of its reach, but that was the last moment I saw her. So just hoping she made it over the walls. Guards, she yells out, and one of them opens the door again. Yes, Hathren. I want everyone on the lookout for Keela. She could be hurt. This is imperative. We find her. And Bronley is looking uh, around towards the guards, wanting to follow, but wanting to stay back with uh, Yulares. He's sort of torn in like three different directions right now. Bronley, have a seat. And then he sits down. Yulares, please, seat. Thank you, Hatherin. Um, And I will grab the chair. They are all overstuffed chairs, quite comfy wingback things um, that are very comfy and poofy and sit arranged around the fire. I feel like this is a very dangerous combination for you, Larry's, because like after all of those days of traveling and just like battle after battle after battle and not being comfortable for a very long time and just being constantly tired all of a sudden a, a soft chair and a warm fire and oh she's gonna stay awake but part of her brain is is, is struggling you look like you're in need of food when was the last time you ate 
Ah. Uh, well, I'm not entirely sure. Um, we did... We've been traveling, but we've been mostly uh, relying on the spirits for sustenance. So we haven't gone hungry ex exactly, but we haven't eaten either for quite a while. Hmm. She rises from her chair and there is a bell pull um, off in a corner, which she gives a couple of tugs. I think Yelers just start salivating involuntarily. <laughs> And Bronley is sitting there. Uh, he scratches his forehead, realizing that he is terribly, he is not a very good, uh, hospitable person right now, not offering the food. There was a lot going on. <laughs> He's kind of looking down a little embarrassed and comes back up. You are safe. And you said Maypri was hurt. Is in the infirmary, yes. the um, She was badly injured by the construct abomination whatever that thing is yes but she's in the hands of the healers and she was stable when we handed her over good good she was here at the beginning we'll need her again do you have a, a plan then <sighs> sounds like you're assembling pieces for a stratagem or a ritual or ritual yes uh, the lord's alliance have gracefully sent an army to help and while the dark shadow marches upon us behind him marches the lord's alliance they will battle while we perform a ritual and they are close then indeed close enough to fend them off interesting what do you have in mind we will have to taunt the betrayer and make him come to us I do get the impression that he particularly dislikes me so could be playing to my strikes. You and he are bound by blood. Mm-hmm. I remember. Bronley is just sinking in his chair. This is news he did not want to hear. But before we get into details, you should rest. We shall get you food, and I am sure you would want a bath. Hilaris <laughs> tries to be chill. But you can just see her eyes widen and <laughs> like she's salivating for the food. And now like you can just sort of like see like a tremble go through her whole body at the idea of a bath. I wouldn't say no to a bath. <laughs> Bronley's stifling laughter a little bit, but is trying to be, but is remaining relatively uh, calm and collected in front of Hathrim Brunhild. I shoot him a look. Keila, you see 
your friends, Yularis and Maypri, disappear from their space. And they are gone. That monster is down in the ground. The spike that it was part of its hand is stuck into the ground and it's pulling it up. Clods of earth falling to the ground and splattering about. What do you do? Okay, so currently my friends have been punched into a hole in the ground. And they're no longer there. Can I do like, um, I want to say something like an investigation check to see if I can, I guess, find any evidence of what the fuck just happened. Well, you can just look. Okay. I will give that to you. Okay. You can just look. Um, yeah, you just see a ground. You don't see anything squishy. You don't see any human remains of any kind. Just blood on the spikes of the creature that was attacking Maypri, but that's it. Is is it enough blood for me to think that it has somehow basically disintegrated my friends with its fists? Nope. Okay. I'm feeling really thrown off here. <laughs> there, You saw a shimmer. Okay. And then you know, we're gone. Okay. Okay. I'm going to cast a message. Okay, first of all, actually, first of all, I'm going to walk as far away from this monster as I can because I assume You're flying, remember? Okay, okay. So in that case, I'm just going to cast message and I'm going to try and send a message to Yalaris asking, are you okay? You, it's, it's difficult to reach her. Like you don't, she, she seems to be beyond your range. Okay. Do I know enough about message to know whether it might be something like she's in another plane? Okay, roll Arcana. Not great at that. Twelve. No, this just seems like she's just out of distance, like she's just far away. Right. And I am flying towards, remind me, like, where where I am right now, essentially. Geographically. You Geographically, you are on the side, uh, the opposite side of the Vrimyani stronghold of that chasm. Right. We have Yalaris who told you to run, to go, and then disappeared. Okay. Because I see no evidence of where Yalaris could possibly be right now, and I'm hoping that the fact that I can recognize enough that my message isn't sending, but I can, like, the fact that I still feel like there's interference on the message tells me she's probably not dead at this moment. And I have no idea how to get to where she is. I'm going to go to the stronghold because maybe there will be somebody who's a little bit more magically knowledgeable who might be able to help me find you, Larry's. Okay. So you go across the chasm, you fly, soaring away as this creature roars and brings its bloody fist up into the air in a big scream. And you fly over the tall, tall walls of the Vremyani stronghold, where you hear someone shout, HALT! I stop in the air where I am. State your purpose and name. And do you see a three Vremriani in armor standing up on the walls? Weapons drawn. Two archers have their bows aimed at you. My name is Keela. I was supposed to come here with Maypri and Yalaris to save the day. But 
I've lost both of them. Keela. Yes, we have been waiting for you. What do you mean you lost both of them? There is an extremely large monster on the other side of that chasm that attacked us and it knocked one of my friends unconscious and I think sent the other one into another plane of existence. If I, I'm not 100% sure about that one. She's somewhere. She's gone. I've lost her. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is no good. Yeah, I know. Help me. We must talk to the Hathren. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And they wait for you to descend? I, I do so with as much grace as I can muster. What does that look like, your descent? I think that I I hold my arms out in kind of a, a T shape and I point my toes nicely as I slowly descend, feeling, you know, moderately angelic. They watch as you alight upon the walls of the Vermione stronghold and then they turn in unison to escort you to the Hathren. Okay. They lead you through a series of walls uh, uh, of walls. Of course there's walls. You're in a stronghold. That through a series of corridors and you it's a bit of a maze and you can tell that it's done like this on purpose in case there are intruders because when you look around there are murder holes all over the place here and you see gates that can trap people into vulnerable areas. And they lead you through this maze and to a tower and up and up and up until you get to a door where there are two guards outside. They are Ethrin, you can tell from their robes. We have Keela to see Head Hathrin. Yes, I'm Keela. Yes, right away. And they open the door. And the three guards bring you inside. Inside is kind of cozy. There is a fireplace and there are numerous rugs all over the place. And there are so many tapestries on the wall that you can't tell that you're in a stone tower. It's very luxurious. And seated at her desk in front of a crystal ball is a woman in Hathren gown, and she has a mask on. What kind of mask does she have? A raven mask. Yes? Uh, my name's Keela. I was originally sent here with my friends Eulerius and Maypri, and we're here to save the day, but I've lost both of them. Um, and I think I need help. I see. Well, that is unfortunate. Exactly, do you mean by lost? As she then waves at the guards to to leave and motions towards you to come sit at the chair opposite her. Well, Maypri was knocked unconscious and Yalarius was sorry, let me go back a bit. There's a monster across the chasm. It's yes. very big. We and are aware. it attacked us. And during the process, Maypri was knocked unconscious and Yalari was Yalaris was um 
I don't really know where she is, but she disappeared. I don't know whether she's in another plane. That was my first thought, but I tried to send her a message and it didn't seem to quite go through. So I think she's still alive, but I don't know how to get to wherever she is. I see. Yes, we are aware of that monster. It has been plaguing us for a month now. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. This is interesting, though it is heartening to know about your feelings with message. That perhaps there is hope. I know you, Larry. She... I don't think anything can take her down. Well, I am glad of that, because we are going to have need of her. Why? Yalari's blood is part of the betrayer. He will be drawn to her. Oh, good. Yes. But you are here, and that, that brings so much hope. We have something for you. What is it? She gets up from her table and goes to a wooden wardrobe. She takes a key from her pocket and opens it, and it, you can hear a satisfying click. And she pulls it open, and from it, there is a set of bagpipes with green and gold. How did you get these? A mutual friend gave them to us. Am I actually able to keep them this time? I don't mind. As long as it gets us out of this situation. I'm going to reach down and pick them up as gently and reverently as I can. And just kind of... You know, the nice thing about bagpipes is they've got that, like... They're made of fabric. They're they're kind of squishy. They're If you're going to hug an instrument, the bagpipes are really the best one. So I think that I grab them and just kind of pull them close to my chest and, and hug them. You hug them and she smiles and closes the wardrobe behind her. Would you like some tea? That sounds lovely, thank you. And she moves to the fire where there is a kettle on the hearth and she brings it with a a pot holder. It's a homemade pot holder. She probably made it herself because you can see there's a basket of crafting material by the chair next to the fire and she brings it over to the desk where there is a trivet already there. You can tell that this is a common activity for her and she sets it down. She pulls out a small box out of a drawer and opens it and from it it takes a pinch of various herbs to put into a cup and then she pours the water over top before handing you the cup. I take a seat near her, but I still don't really... I think that I kind of tuck the bagpipes under one arm so I can drink the tea with the other hand, but I don't let them leave my side. We will have people try to search for Yularis to look for her. If she has passed over to the astral plane or is traveling with the spirits. We shall find her. I hope that's the case. She's always had a a connection with the spirits, and I mean, maybe they'll take care of her. She is Ethrin. She is part of Rashomon. The spirits will help her. 
It's true. I just... I hope you can find her as soon as possible. With with everything happening, I just... I know we're going to need her. Agreed. I will not lie and say that I am unconcerned. This is a problem, and we were hoping for Yalaris to be there, and for Maypri. Maypri's strength has been told and recounted many times to us. And I've seen it firsthand many times. All right. Well. I guess if you're looking for Yalaris, is there anything that I can do as part of the preparations? Um, Rest. You no doubt had an arduous journey here. That's true. That's very true. If you wish, we have tomes in the library about magic items such as these. If you want to learn more about it. Would you have any tomes that might tell us more about the betrayer? Help us find, I don't know, a weakness. (laughs) We have been on that for many months now. We have agents in the Shadow Realm. We believe the true weakness is in Yaleri's blood. Okay. So we really need to find her. Yes. We shall. I I hope so. Um, in the meantime, I think I will go review my, those tomes. Anything that might help. One of my handmaidens will show you the way. And she stands from her desk again and pulls a bell. At which point the door opens and an Ethrin with a mouse mask steps inside. I will follow the Ethrin out. And as you do, the other Ethrin who is at the door enters the room behind you and closes the door. The Ethrin doesn't, the, who's escorting you in the mouse mask, doesn't really say anything in and of her own. And she simply looks at you expectantly. And when she sees that you are going to follow her, she begins her way. Okay, I, I will follow her. She brings you through twisted turns and finally you get to the library. You have been to this library before in your previous days at the Vermiani Stronghold. You can recognize the wizard chest boards in some corners, and there are shelves and shelves and shelves of books with tall ladders that glide along a la Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> um, oh, I will ask the Ethrin. I was advised that there would be books on he- in here on magical items. Um, do you know where I should start? You're here for the bagpipes, yes? As she just looks at you holding them. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I'm here for the bagpipes. We already have books about those all out. This way. And she brings you to a back section of the library. And it's behind um, some rows of bookshelves. And there are a whole bunch of Etherin back here as well as some Hathren. And they each have workstations at their own desk, and they each have piles of books as they pour through them and take notes. The Etherin escorts you to a empty table. I will be right back with those books for you. And she steps away. I'm going to take a seat, shuffle the bagpipe so they're on my lap instead. 
and kind of wiggle in, get comfortable. Probably sit cross-legged or something like that. <laughs> Some of the Hathorn and Ethrin around take a look and kind of peer at you curiously. But for the most part, everyone is really, really intent on what they're doing. Um, in fact, you get the vibe that everyone is anxious. It's a very nervous energy in here. People are moving quickly. You can see people skimming pages, um, looking for keywords. This is a room full of activity, of information seeking. It is about a minute or so um, by the time the Etheran returns with four books. Two are pretty thin. And then the other two are pretty thick, one being thicker than the other. And she sets them on the table. All four of these recount tales of those bagpipes. Thank, thank you very much. You're welcome. If there's anything else you need, please just ask another Ethrin. Thank you. I'm going to, uh, to start with the thinnest book. Okay. And... Uh, flip through and see what I find. Okay, you begin to flip through and as you're flipping through, you're reading. You hear a door kind of open and it's not the quiet way someone would open a door of a library. This is someone who doesn't care that they're in a library opening a door. And it's quite loud and you hear footsteps armored footsteps like plate mail armor and you just hear a big booming voice a voice that you recognize a voice that you will always remember well what do you got can i tell what direction this voice is coming from yeah you look up and they're coming from behind the row of shelves that your little alcove of study area is in, there is a man in plate armor with a big, thick mustache and no hair. Can I, um, does he see me yet? Nope. He is looking straight at the older Hathrin woman who is at one of the bigger desks near the front of the room you're in. Okay, great. I'm going to hide myself um, behind a bookshelf. I still want to see him. I just want to kind of, you know, tuck myself away. And I'm going to cast invisibility on myself. Okay. I think... Let me roll something. Yeah. Um, there are a few Atherin around you who notice what you just did. That's fine. But he does not notice. At least you you don't think he notices. Okay. I want to... So my idea is I want to follow him. Okay. Staying invisible and kind of staying, you know, far enough away that he won't hear my footsteps or anything like that. But I want to, I want to follow him. Okay, you follow him straight to that Hathorn's desk. Is there anything, anything at all? The army is at our door. We don't have time. And the woman looks up from her books. We're working on it. We're working night and day and we are finding all the information we can. We have given you everything we have. We need a weakness. 
If we are going to defeat that thing on the other side of the bridge, we need something. I know, I know. The Vermiani are working on charms and working on items. Perhaps those will be where our savior lies in that. As for the Betrayer's army, well, light cut through darkness. Yes, yes, darkness and light. You needed weeks and months to research just to get that part? You are a guest in our halls. I could talk on between myself forever. <laughs> well, my, my plan here is um, I want to follow him and see if he perhaps has some private quarters or something along those lines that I could follow him into. So I'm hoping that he leaves. But if you think that we need to encourage him to leave... Yeah, at this point, he doesn't look like he's going to leave. At this point, he's pacing back and forth. He's peering at books. He looks really frustrated. Okay. I'm going to send him a message. Mm. I'm going to cast a message and send him a message. Okay. I'm going to tell him in this message, go to your private quarters now or I will skewer you like a pig in the middle of this library. He stiffens visibly even so much that the Hathorn who he was just talking to looks at him strangely and he looks at her accusingly <laughs> I'm gonna cast cantrip again and say and send another message not her at which point he casts a glance across the room and he just sees a room of Hathorn and Atherin working. There's nothing untoward happening in this room to all his... So he says to her, very concerned looking, so you have nothing. And she looks at him and says, we have given you it all. We have laid traps with our spirits. The earth and land itself will react to the army's presence and will come to our aid. Never fear that. And he huffs, muttering to himself about witches and the land and how a sword is much sturdier and something he understands. And he turns on his heel and stalks out. I'm going to follow him. Okay. You follow him to a hallway that has a door every few meters and he opens one wooden door. It looks the same as every other door and he goes inside. I will. F Is there time for me to follow him into the room? Uh, Roll dexterity for me. Please. Yeah, I want to see if I can. Yeah, my idea is to sneak in. You know, maybe as he's closing the door. Is this going to be a saving throw or just a straight dexterity check? Dexterity check. 15. You just sneak through. Like, you can feel the doorknob scrape against your belly. Okay. Um, what does the room look like? 
The room is his personal bed chambers. There is a smaller double bed um, with a canopy and there's a couple fur rugs on the ground and there's a fire and a desk and a wardrobe. And other than that, it's pretty bland. Okay, I'm going to take my rapier out of its sheath, hold it up in front of myself, lock the door behind. Actually, hold on. I'm going to lock the door first. Okay. Then I'm going to pull my rapier out in front of me, and then I'm going to lift invisibility. So I want to be pointing the rapier at him. Okay. And he stares at you. Kind of a bit of shock on his face. But that is it. He doesn't show any other kind of emotion. Who are you and what do you want? Do you recognize me in Lord Wolseley? It has been a few years. What is this? Who are you? I don't have time for these games. If you don't recognize me, I understand, but you might remember a, a red-headed human man, a bard. If it doesn't ring a bell yet, it was a bard who uh, spoke poorly of the way that you treated the poor within your land. And so you sent a guard contingent to kill him? Does any of this ring a bell to you? What are you talking about? I don't go about killing bards. I know who you are. You lying to me isn't going to change your fate today. You killed the man I love because he dared speak up against the way that you treated your people. You ruined lives that day over your own pride. I did not. And he stares at you and you just see confusion on his face. It's replaced the anger. I have not done any such thing. Can you roll an insight check? Yep. It's a four. He looks really confused. You are Lord Wolseley, are you not? You seem to have one on me. You still haven't answered who you are. My name is Keela. Ah! So you, how curious. The apparent savior is here and threatening me in my chamber accusing me of things that I have never done I am a member of the Lord's Alliance so you deny even to this day that you had a man killed I've had plenty of men killed but I have do not kill people simply for voicing their opinions on the way I rule then why did your men kill my fellow bard if it wasn't under your orders? When was this? This would have been... How long have we been on, on our adventure now? Oh my gosh, that is a question. It's been a long time. Like, it's probably been a year. Okay, that's what I was thinking. It wasn't long ago, my lord. It was about two years ago. Ah. Well, it was not I who made that order. It is my fault. Then who did? My steward. Tell me everything you know. <sighs> it behooves me to tell you that I was bamboozled by a man. A man I took into my confidence. A man I took into care of my emotions. But he had his own designs. And he used me, and he used the power of my name and seat to his own ends. And I was too proud to see it 
and much harm was done. But what does Rula have to do with the steward's ends? He often sought to get rid of problems in a way that I did not agree with. And he often did such things without my knowledge. It shamed me. And what happened to the steward? He was tried, found guilty, and swung on the hangman's noose. I start to slowly lower my rapier, and I think I can feel my heart kind of quieting in my chest. I hope you understand that one of the men that this steward had killed was the finest man I've ever known. He was kind and loving, and all he wanted to do was travel and play music for people and bring them joy. And I think that he saw... He saw the way that things were under your rule, and he he couldn't stand to see the common folk treated like that. So he did the only thing that he could, and he used his voice, and he was killed for it. It does bring me some peace, I guess, to know that that steward hung for what he did, but I want you to understand why I reacted the way that I did when I saw you. You have my deepest sympathies as much as they are worth. And in this matter, you have my sword. For I am told the item you hold will help save us and get us through this dire situation we find ourselves in. I'm going to do my best, my lord. Although, in the end, I'm just just another person trying to stop our world from being destroyed. What can anybody do against that other than our best? Indeed. Well, you are here, and that brings us hope. I will let my captains know of your arrival. We have been waiting for you, Keela. Many hopes rest upon you. No pressure. I I will let you retire, Lord Wolseley. I have some reading to do, I believe. Thank you for what you told me today. And I'm going to unlock the door behind me and uh, leave the room. Okay. You shut the door behind you, and Lord Woolsey is blocked from view. And I walk back to the library, slowly. And... It's, it's a lot to absorb that someone that your thoughts have been affixed on for years is really not so bad. And I guess sometimes we all get fooled. Keela, Keela, there you are. (sighs) And you see the Hathrin with the mouse mask in the hall, waving at you. Uh, hey, sorry, um, bathroom break. Your friends, they've arrived. They have? Take me to them right away, please. Yolaris is with her father, but Maypri is... Maypri is in the infirmary. Take me to Maypri. Yes, yes. And she hurries away in the opposite direction that she was just uh, came from and leads you through the corridors to the infirmary. And you can hear the voices um, of doctors, of clerics, talking quickly to each other. 
and asking for different equipment from from Ethrin who pass them and act as nurses and everyone is seems to be crowded around one bed. Is there anywhere that I can is there anybody that I can maybe talk to and just check and make sure she's okay or are they all just too busy and I I can wait? They are all very busy and fixated. You see other beds, and they're all full with soldiers in various states of recovery. I think if I can find something like maybe a chair or even, you know, a comfortable looking wall that I could lean on where I could maybe uh, monitor things without interfering. Okay, yeah, you do that. Because, I mean, I can heal a little bit, but they're all much more accomplished healers than me. Yeah, you watch and you see a lot of light flashing and shimmering as they do magics upon your friend who is laying there, eyes closed, wrapped in sheets. She's stabilizing, you hear. Good, good. Keep it going. Steady. Steady now. I think that when that cleric says that, my shoulders kind of just sag in relief when I hear that she's stabilized. And there the camera pans out with the view of Keela slumped against the wall. Having gone through a bit of an emotional ringer in the last (laughs) ten minutes. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And then the camera pans out and we see Maypri surrounded by medical professionals ensconced in light. And there is a breath. Hilaris, <sighs> we left you off where? Just having the discussion with uh, Bronley and the head Hothran, and I was offered a bath, which I do believe was was taken and well enjoyed. <laughs> Can't. Uh, can't go into the end of the world um, not well bathed and maintained, so. Vital for world saving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does that look like? Which part? The bathing? The, the bathing, the final... yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> the, the bath to save the world. Um, you know, I think uh, it's a lot of working with Yelary's Jr. on her swimming, potentially. She likes baths, but uh, she's still mastering staying completely buoyant because her legs are so small that she cannot touch the bottom of most um, bathing pools. So uh, we work a little bit on, on her laps and blowing bubbles and making sure that she is well scrubbed as well. And Everybody, of course, needs, you know, a pile of bubbles on their head at some point. And Are there bubble beards, like a bubble goat oh, beard? Oh, of course, yeah. Okay. You know that there's a baby bubble goat beard. <laughs> baby goat bubble beard. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I think when you know that something extremely difficult and terrible is around the corner, Yelarius is okay to just, you know, leave that for tomorrow and actually just enjoy herself for a bit she knows that most things are are currently out of her hands so 
Might as well just relax and try and recharge as much as possible for what's to come. And we left Keela in the infirmary. Yep, with Mapri. So how does Keela spend her evening before she goes for dinner? Well, I think that Keela has a bit of a different reaction from Yolaris. I think that while Yolaris can postpone her feelings till the next day, uh, Keela finds that the anticipation is often worse than the thing itself. And first she tries kind of cleaning her weapons, cleaning her armor, uh, cleaning her weapon again, cleaning her armor. Then she spends some time pacing her room because sitting still just becomes less tolerable over time. And it's dinner. We have a very subdued affair with... And chime in here if you have ideas, um, because, uh, listeners, we are going to narratively do this together. Because we started this together and we want to end this together. And it's a very subdued affair. People are very tired looking. The food that you are served is very basic. I think... um... I mean, we might as well bring back the Rashemi chef to give uh, as many people as possible, you know, something legitimately tasty and filling in their stomach. Um, so I think if the chef happens to be around, Yolaris would um, reach out to them and bind them again and uh, give them a, a wide uh, audience for their um, culinary genius. And I see her summoning a spirit. Yeah, I am. I am summoning. I or have summoned a spirit you recognize. And as you approach, you get a, a spectral um, plate piled full of food shoved at you by the Rashemi chef. I think that Keela eats as much as she can, but she's having a really hard time fighting an appetite right now. So after she spends some of this time trying to eat as much of the food, probably having actually some of the broth just because it seems to kind of sit in her stomach. I think that after Keela has some of this dinner, she is going to find a good place to maybe be a sort of stage, not anything very formal, but maybe if there's like a bit of a taller stool or something like that. And... She's going to pull out her bagpipes and she's going to play a song for everyone. Because sometimes when you feel a lot of feelings, it feels nice to take out those feelings musically. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, because I'm also, I also just kind of misremembered things and forgot that Yelaris hadn't seen Keela yet since the battle. So can we say that um, the Rashemi chef loving his position as feeder of the stronghold uh, intercepted Keela before Yolaris had had a chance to see her. And so perhaps as Keela starts playing the bagpipes, that's when Yolaris whips around and realizes that Keela's actually in the dining hall. Yeah, now I'm kind of imagining that we're like kind of going around opposite ends of the dining hall. And every time I look in your direction, the chef just happens to be in my line of like the basically the chef just continuously breaks up our line of sight here. He just really, really wants your attention, Kayla. He really looks up to you. He's upset that I'm not eating enough of his food and he's <laughs> that is worried. exactly it. He's like, 
What are you doing? You know, bruh. <laughs> and I think that maybe Keela thought that Yelarius was spending more time with Bron Lee, so she's like, okay. You know, I, I she heard that Yelarius was okay. So once eating, then she she just tries to put off the thoughts for a moment and play some music. And yeah, that's Yelarius can see her then. What does what does Yelarius think about this? Well, I think the first drone of the bagpipes. I mean, I think if you got um, Yelarius, you know, sort of outside of this setting in an objective space and asked her what she thought of bagpipes, um, they probably wouldn't have ranked high amidst <laughs> her favorite musical instruments. And so as she hears the first drone, I think you see like sort of her head turned, kind of looking for the source and sort of like a furrowed brow and a little bit of a wrinkled nose of like what's happening. And then she sees Keela and I think she kind of ruins the first bit of your performance as she just like jets herself across the uh, dining hall as fast as possible and basically <laughs> tackles you to the ground. Um, I um, imagine the back kind of like exactly that, that horrible. <laughs> um, actually, just like sort of because the last she knew um, the. Head Hathrin had sent some of the uh, forces around to look for Keela, but Yelarius hadn't heard anything yet. So I think she just sort of like knocks Keela over in like half tackle, half hug, and then just like is like patting her to make sure that she's real. She's like, you're okay. You're here. You're here. You're okay. How did you get here? Where were you? What happened? You're okay. What happened to you're you? Okay. You disappeared. You went into thin air. Um. Then you, I heard you were okay, but what, what happened in the middle? Um, so, oh, the priest in the infirmary. She's, she's okay. I spent some time with her. She's, okay. they said she's stable. Um, we, uh, uh, um, I died. We had to, I had to get Maypri out of there. And so they used a spell and I wrapped up in Bronley's room and he's here. So wow, that's, that's nice. Yeah, that, that turned out better than I thought. Uh, um, and so, yeah, we took... May priest in the infirmary, and sh we both bled all over his rug, and oh. um, uh, and then we met with the lead Hatherin, and I asked her to find you, and I don't know if she did or if you found you, um, and then I had a bath. I found her actually. Oh, well done. <laughs> so um, I flew here. That was pretty cool. Uh, ran into some Etherin, who took me to the head Hatherin. She gave me my bagpipes back, you might have noticed, and I kind of, like, hold them up on display. Yes, they're terrible and wonderful. Oh, I ran into Lord Wolseley, uh, you know, the, the lord that killed Rua. Yes. You may have heard that name. Um, well, I guess the good news is that... It's a long story, but let's just say it turns out that it was his steward all along, and that steward has been tried and hanged, so there's... Justice, I guess. I did threaten him a bit, but he seemed okay with it once I explained the situation to him. I mean, I think a little bit of threatening is only reasonable given the circumstances. I didn't hurt him. Just <laughs> told him I would. You'll uh, he'll get no judgment from me on this. You know that. I know, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> Ooh, I seem to have knocked you over. Would you like to get up? I know it's pretty good down here. Okay, cool. But I don't know. Should I keep playing music? Do do people seem interested? I know bagpipes aren't um 
aren't universally loved. You know, I think bagpipes is one of those things where there's really a time and a place and there's not a lot of times and not a lot of places, but this might be be one of them. Okay, okay. But I think um, Gilary, you hear a little and Gilary Sr. is like kind of standing on the the bladder, <laughs> just sort of like slowly making it drone a little bit. Oh my gosh. Gilary Sr., don't worry. I'll, after all this, I'll teach you how to play the bagpipes. I really don't think she has a lung capacity. I wouldn't want to get her hopes up, Kayla. Well, she can press the buttons and I'll use my lungs. We'll work together. All right. Now I'll, I'll help Kayla up and dust her off a bit. I dust you off. We're dusting each other off at the same time. <laughs> Put the bagpipes back in her. I pick a song that's, that's pretty slow and melancholy. It's too hard to feel happy right now. Mechanically, I have a skill called Inspiring Leader that says uh, you can spend 10 minutes inspiring your companions and you can choose up to six friendly creatures who will get uh, temporary hit points. So we can just think of everybody getting some feeling inspired and feeling a little buff as a result. Mm -hmm. And the crowd is enraptured with your song. Hope lifts off of their shoulders. As this cathartic music washes through them. It's morning. How are you feeling? I don't think that I slept well. I don't think I meditated particularly well. I feel like my thoughts were so jumbled it was hard to fall into that deep meditative state. I kept thinking of what if this happens and kind of startled out of it and then went back into it. So, yeah, I think Hilary's is, I mean, nervous, sure. How would you not be nervous? But honestly, there's relief of this, you know, confrontation that's been brewing for so long and all of the running and all of the avoidance to finally have to be able to put an end to it. I think there's relief and um, an eagerness. They're like, you know, whatever way this shakes out, at least, you know, she's not the most... Uh, not known to be the most discreet or delicate person. She likes to confront things head on and not being able to do that, I think has been wearing on her for a long time. So there's, there's an eagerness there for sure. There is 
just before the crack of dawn, a knock on each of your doors. And an Ethrin waits to escort you. Do you follow? Yes, I think, I, I think I've been up for a little while before the Ethrin arrives and I'm already dressed and I have my weapon ready and everything's ready and I did everything I feel like I could and I follow the Ethrin. Yeah, I mean, I think Yelarius sort of has to stop herself from bowling the poor Ethrin over, but uh, she follows <laughs> to the best of her ability. You both meet at the base of a great staircase. This is a staircase you will have recognized. Because it's the staircase that you took to go all the way upstairs, where the original ritual was held. Time is a giant circle, I suppose. And I'll just uh, take Keila's hand. I really hope this goes better than last time, <laughs> and I'll give you Larry's hand a bit of a squeeze. That would be ideal. Yes. Before you go up the stairs, Anethrin comes running towards you and says, she asked me to give you this. Okay. And holds out a single piece of paper. I, I take it and I hold it out in front of both of us so we can both read. I had to go help, is what it says. Do I recognize the handwriting? <laughs> yes, you do. I didn't think Maypre would be much for staying off the front lines of the battle, but... No, rich, the rituals never really seemed to be her style. We can do this, Yelaris. Maypre's doing what she needs to do. Now we need to do what... We need to do. We do need to do. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll uh, fold up the paper and tuck it in my pouch and thank the Ethrin and uh, just sort of send a message. I don't know if Maypre is still within range, but I'll uh, just send Maypre a message. Good luck. We'll see you soon. I also sent her a message that says, after all this is done, the next round is on me. And you ascend the stairs? Sure do. You climb this very long staircase because it leads up to the top of the mountain. It it's a lot. It's it's a lot of cardio. I think. <laughs> um, you, it's, you you gotta go up quite a few flights of stairs, and you finally get to the top, and like the first time, there is. A circle of Ramyani playing drums and singing, chanting, with Hathrin in an inner circle chanting a descant over top. The air prickles with energy, and the head Hathrin stands in the center of a salt spiral. Sort of just clear my throat and like look to her for direction she motions you to join her all right does she seem to be motioning to Keela as well no okay I'm going to is there maybe a spot that I could take in the circle yeah I'm gonna take a spot in the circle um I'm gonna take out my bagpipes I'm gonna try kind of trying to play together with the Athrin. all right you 
join your instrument with theirs. And you stand atop this once glorious hall, but as we remember last time, a lot of it crumbled and crashed, so it is now open to the elements. The wind buffets you as you stand and play, and the, as you get into the center of the circle, you can feel the wind more, Yularis. Mm -hmm. It's chilly up here, but the sound of those bagpipes resonates throughout the mountain range blaring out across the battlefield, the potential battlefield ahead of you, which you can see completely. There are rows and rows of twisted things waiting to be unleashed. And you see the camera goes down the side of the mountain towards the walls of the Vermiani stronghold and you see upturned faces looking at the direction from where the bagpipes come and their hearts feel stouter stronger perhaps perhaps there's a chance after all and the camera swoops over, and you can see soldiers and Vramyani at the gate. And you see some purple skin and horns amidst them. <laughs> and the camera comes swinging back up the mountain to this open, ruined hall. There is a shriek in the air. And you can see a black dragon gliding across the sky over top of the army. What's going through Yulari's head at this point? I think there's just, like, sort of that feeling of, uh, of, like, relief and eagerness that she sort of woke up with is, is transforming into, like, just this intensity and this itch to, like, do something. And, like, the dragon is too far away to do anything about, but, you know, she sort of hisses at it in her head. And, I mean, I think she would have prepared all of her spirits as best she could and um but it's just sort of like you know a, a live wire that's just waiting to go off on something Keila, i think that in the face of something like gods and dragons if all Keila can do is play some bagpipes because she sure as heck can't put a crossbow bolt in it to try and solve this problem <laughs> So she's going to play the bagpipes like she's never played the bagpipes before. She's going to be playing so hard that she's sweating and she's out of breath and her fingers hurt from putting them over the finger hole so hard. But if it's all that she's going to do, she's going to do with everything that she has. The head Hatherin looks at you, Yularis. I understand if you have reservations for this. But your blood is the only way to call him here. 
She, her hand is immediately up. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> and over a basin in the center of this circle, the Hathorn takes your hand and a silver ceremonial dagger and slashes it across the palm and holds it over the basin to drip. Hilarious will like clench and unclench your fists to try and get it going a bit more. You know, <laughs> when you're trying to donate blood as fast as possible. It... <laughs> blood trickles down. You hear another screech from the army. You can hear as all of the creatures in the army bang their swords against their shields, their spears against the ground. You can hear them stomping their feet. It's time. A horn blows. There's a tremendous roar of voices. And then you can see if you're paying attention to the army. The enemy army splits and a massive creature comes walking down it like an aisle. Mm-hmm. You've seen this creature before. Mm-hmm. It roars into the air. And as the blood comes out of your hand, Jalaris, and trickles into the bowl, it glistens almost a blackish oil. And there's another screech. And a black form begins to coalesce out of this black oilness that's part of your blood and manifests a creature. It has a thousand faces coming in and out of focus. One time its face will be where a head is, and then a head, another face pokes out of where maybe a shoulder is, but you're not quite sure because it has more joints than it should. And it's constantly changing like that. You bring me a gift, the voices say in unison, as the creature turns to look at you, Ularis. Oh, absolutely. Can Could she give it the gift of punishment? <laughs> yeah, you can totally give, give this creature the gift of punishment. I guess what I imagine is, I mean, it's there's like this intensity of the connection right of like it's being formed out of her blood and there's all this history and so i think i would like to cast witch bolt on it at it um at a fairly high level just so that that tether is also continuing of like 
it's forming out of her blood. I imagine her hand is still sort of over the bowl and then it's that other hand that's casting the witch bolt that's creating this like loop that will be persistent uh, and, and carry on. So she will cast, um, I think at maybe at fifth level, um, a witch bolt. And just like hold it there in that sort of binding and, and give it a little present of all of her feelings. The faces disappear and it bubbles in your witchy light. How, what color is your witch bolt light? It's like a, a purpley, like a dark kind of like bruise purple kind of. It crackles. And it does not like that. And I think at that point, it is going to reach out one of those multi-jointed limbs and try to slash at you. Sure. Do you think it would hit you or no? I mean, let's be real here. Yaleri's AC, like even if she's like done all of her amazing preparations and she has like like mage armor up and one of the spirits that adds like her AC is like max 14 so mm-hmm. and this is a pretty <laughs> it's, big. A, it's a fucking god so yeah it probably hits her i think he hits you with a lot of force yeah with the aim to throw yularis down onto the ground does yularis fall i mean sure but that well that um could she like basically use the witch bolt as a almost as like a rope that like is like holding yeah. on to it and like she falls but she's like holding on using the witch bolt and sort of like not fully hitting the ground yeah so you're kind of like hanging there yeah. off this tether you can't get rid of me that easily you and me <laughs> we shall None of this matters. Then why are you here? There is a screech from up above as a the dragon comes flying towards the big tall mountain summit that you stand upon. And Keela's playing her bagpipes. So I specifically have a move called Dirge of Doom. Which is, you can basically, you can use your song to create a sense of growing dread in your enemies, uh, and it'll debuff them. So mechanically, it means either disadvantage on attacks, skill checks, or saving throws. But speaking narratively, I think what happens is that she's kind of begins to lead the Ethrin song, and, and when this creature emerges, she changes the, tu- the tune into this dirge. I think it goes from, ins- she... M- changes the way that the music is influencing everyone, where it goes from inspiring the crowds to striking fear in this monster. Okay. And as that music begins to permeate the atmosphere, it emboldens your allies, and you can hear the chanting gets a little bit more more strong and with strength, but This creature keeps its distance from Keela, and it is staying very close to the basin and is staying away from the salt spiral. 
it is not moving towards you. And can I ask you just a clarifying question? Um, Mm -hmm. Is my understanding and sort of sense of the ritual that um, the other Hathren and uh, Vrimrani are working sort of the bulk of the ritual and basically like what we need to do is keep this thing here long enough to for it to to have effect yes yeah okay sweet so then Yularis is gonna have a great time just making it as angry at her as possible so that it doesn't pay attention to to what else is going on or try and escape this sort of salt labyrinth and one of the uh so two of the spirits that I've been sort of just constantly having bound when I don't have the Vershemi chef are spirits of empathy and spirit of envy. And um, empathy, when I'm dealt damage from a living or undead source, I can deal psychic damage back to it. Um, mm. And envy, when I take damage, I get a bit of temporary hit points back. So I imagine like that basically flavor-wise what this shakes out to is every time that this thing is injuring Yularis, she's able to use those spirits to drill just a little bit more into its mind with the psychic damage Mm. and pull just a little bit of temporary health out of it as well and sort of keep this weird enmeshment between her and the betrayer going to the point where hopefully he'll ever regret uh, enmeshing himself with a mortal because it, it comes back to you. The dragon makes a pass at this moment, I think. And it uses the force of its wings to bring rubble down into this ruined hall. There's a roar of broken rock and people moving out of the way, but still trying to keep this ritual together. Some people are struck and some people fall, but everyone stands strong. And the dragon flies back into the distance and you can hear others' horns. These are different horns this time and they're a bit closer as if they're not from across the chasm. And there is an eruption of fire in the enemy ranks as fireballs are thrown from the heights of the Vremyani walls. Much farther than normal distance would allow for a spell like that, but you can see that there are Vremyani helping the Hathrin with boosting their power, and many of these Hathrin are holding magical items that no doubt enhance their abilities. And as you face off against this creature, the Vremyani and the Hathrin's voices rise up, and that fear from the bagpipes and that psychic damage that you are just needling into this creature's brain get it to take a step and its foot touches the salt. But that's all that's needed. It screams as it 
sucked into it and the salt ring absorbs its oiliness and you can see in a rapid succession that salt turning into a black mar of spiral into the stone and such terrible screaming erupts and everyone can feel it everyone can hear it the dragon roars again and turns around on its wing to come back to its master in distress. Is the dragon injured at all? Uh, it looks like it's been burned. Its wings are looking a little skeletal, it's one ring. Mm -hmm. I think that for just long enough to cast a spell, Keela stops playing so she can throw a thunder wave in the direction of the dragon, try and maybe knock it off balance or just use sheer force of sound to hopefully just stop its course or anything that she can do, really. Yeah, I think that's a really good way. You're just trying to use sound in that blast. And that blast makes it fall back and it falls a few I was going to say 100 feet. No, like a few tens feet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say a few dozen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As it's sort of knocked off balance, could I shoot a spell at it? Because it's a dexterity yeah. saving throw, say, spell. Yeah, So go maybe ahead. it'll... I'm just going to um, look at it and like, stay out. This isn't your fight. And I will shoot a disintegrate at it. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so that is a... I don't know if you want to do rolls, but it is a dexterity saving throw um, for the dragon. I think it's already off balance from the thunder wave. So I'm going to say no, it does not succeed. And it... So that would be like 80-ish uh, force damage against it if it... You can see... Its flesh, like cinders, rip out away into the breeze, the wind. I called it wind ahead of time. So, wind. Mm -hmm. Does it, what's happening with the salt spiral? It is continually, it's starting to smolder, and this screaming is just taking up this entire space. It's hard to tell what it's saying because it's a cacophony of voices. This isn't one single entity talking. This is a thousand entities talking at once, screaming in pain, and not just in pain and agony, but also in anger that they got trapped. I'm going to just take a glance at our, our friend, the head Hatherin, and see sort of what she's doing, what she's like. Does she look happy? Does she look like, is this working? Does she look worried? Is there... She looks quite pleased. She has a very smug but firm look on her face. Okay. I like smug. I can I can understand smug. I'm going to just like spit in the direction of the salt just to show my contempt. She takes the, the bloody basin and she sprinkles the blood onto the salt spiral and she begins to speak in a language that you're not familiar in she chants and there's a hiss every time blood hits the spiral 
and the shrieks get louder and louder until the Hathren pulls out a stone from her pocket. It's a jet black stone and she places it at the very end of the salt spiral and says some more words and the salt begins to just disappear almost as it's being gobbled up into the stone until finally in a swirl and a final scream there's nothing Once this happens, do we hear a change in the tides of the battle? There is a moment of nothing. And you are all just watching as what is going on. And then there is a big force, a gush of wind that comes out in a circle from the jet and it pulses through all of you, and it continues down the mountain. Rocks fall, and there is a landslide. Hmm. Is it coming at us or going down towards them? It's going down towards them. Okay. And as the pulse travels and this landslide follows it in its wake, It goes through the army. And as it goes through the army, creatures one by one begin to disappear. And then, after what seems like a very long time, but really, it was just a brief moment. There is nothing there. Hmm. So just the armies of, like, the Lord's Alliance and all of that, just sort of standing, fighting nothing. Yep. Do they look very confused? Yes. And then there is a great roar of cheering. I, I put down my, like, take my mouth off of the mouthpiece of my bagpipes and kind of slowly lower them to my side and look out over the battlefield and I turn to Yularis and say, can you pinch me? I think you look in like Yularis is like busy, like scattering more blood over where the salt circle was because she, she saw that had Hathorne do it and it sizzles. So she's just like, you know, flinging her wounded hand around to like, <laughs> and you, you gotta look over. I like, I think, She'll come pinch you, Keela, but she gets a little of the blood on your face doing it. I like that you Larry's one right for pinching the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, here, I'll, and I'll like try and wipe it off and get more on you by doing so. And as she's kind of fretting over Keela, I just pull her into like a bone crushing hug. She'll sort of like fall into it and like laugh and be like, I think I've lost a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to maybe get you some cookies. Mm. That sounds nice. It is one week after the fact. What are you doing? Keela. Well, I think after 
seeing all of that and after being disrupted for so long and we were on the run for a very long time there, I think that one of the first things that Keela did was take a leaf out of Yaleri's book and she took a long bath. Uh-huh. And then I think she just spending some time at the stronghold, happy to just be in a place feeling safe for the first time in probably about two years. So we have Keela in a bath, enjoying herself and watching away the worries of the last two years. What's Yaleri's doing a week from now? I mean, I think Yaleri's took Keela's suggestion of um, some cookies very seriously um, and developed along uh, with her her new uh, sidekick, the Rashemi chef, has developed a serious interest in um, Rashemi baking traditions. And uh, guided by the spirits and anyone at the stronghold who has any interest or perhaps knowledge or background in baking, she is sampling as many pastry, cookie, cake uh, delights. Um, trying to, you know, like that's one way to get caught up on a culture, you know, and this is, you know, a, a community that she's ostensibly part of, but she didn't grow up in. And so she's, she's doing a little bit of schooling through pastry. Just trying all the, the sugary treats that uh, Rashomon has ever come up with. And do you think she does this with Bron Lee? Oh, absolutely. teaches her how yeah. to make cupcakes? He is, um, after all, a, a famed magical baker, so. And even though Keela's not a good baker, she's really good at sampling yeah. with you. She's excellent at that part. And honestly, that's mostly what Yolaris is interested in at this point. <laughs> So Keela and Yolaris uh, are, are starting a detailed sort of documentary, like catalog? yeah, catalog yeah. of uh, maybe they'll start a restaurant later. Who knows? But my my personal favorite was the lavender chocolate cupcakes. Ooh. What was Yolaris' favorite? You know, I think there's a, a a very delicate but sophisticated kind of little puff pastry piece that would be maybe uh, similar to the the fridge palmier sort of just like a little spiral of puff pastry with some herbs and edible flowers sort of rolled into the dough. And it, it's it's not overly sweet, but just like the flakiness and the butteriness is, yeah, I think that's what she's all about. And it is two months after the fact. We have Rashomon starting to come back in order. Refugees are starting to travel back home and try to rebuild as much as they can. What are you two doing? Keela, after having a little bit of time in the Rashemi stronghold, I think it took Keela about two weeks before she started to get restless again. And she eventually started to make her way across across Rashomon. There were so many places, so many small places that needed help rebuilding. So during the day, she would help where she could with the rebuilding efforts and then at night she would always play for the townspeople. It kind of felt like back in the days when she was traveling with Rula again. Yelaris? Yeah, I think um Yelaris is you know starting to starting to realize that like you know she needs to come up with a what's next and that's kind of strange because yeah like it's been you know a couple of years of having having a path um, that you either had to sprint along or was 
you know, the gods pointing you along one way or the other. And I mean, I think she's enjoyed this last little bit in Rashman, like, you know, actually spending some time with, with Bronlee and, and, uh, spending some time where there wasn't, you know, sort of a life or death scenario breathing down their neck where they can sort of be the weird, awkward people that they are without any necessity behind it. But I think she's also starting to look into, you know, it, are, are any merchant caravans planning to get going again? Do you, is anybody going to be heading back along maybe to the Sword Coast at some point? She's not looking to leave right now, but she's starting to think about maybe heading back towards Waterdeep, at least for a little bit. And in the meantime, like, you know, spending time with Bronlee and working with any Hathorin who have, you know, the the patience for her insubordination, because <laughs> she is not uh, a good little Hathorin, um, that they might be used to. But if any are willing to, you know, teach her a little bit more about Rashman and the Hathorin and like the kinds of magic here and the history here, she, you know, her, the root of her is a student. She's, she's an academic at heart. And so she loves to study. And so if anybody wants to help her study, she'll be doing that and spending time with Bruntley and watching Keela's performances and actually developing maybe a little bit of a taste for the bagpipe. So she'd never let you know that. They grow on yeah. you, right? <laughs> but yeah, in the back of her mind, she's starting to think about heading back towards Waterdeep at some point. It is five years after Rashman has rebuilt for the most part. There are some buildings that will never be back to normal. They've been torn down to make room for new. But the Rashemi people have rebuilt their home. What is Keela doing? It actually kind of surprises Keela after she spends some time. She travels around Rashman first. Uh, she goes back to the Moonshee Isles for a bit. Tries to almost retrace her steps with a new eye of not fear and running away, but appreciation. And it kind of surprises her, but she gets to Waterdeep and at first she stays for a week, then a month, then about six months. And I mean, there's just, there's a certain life to living in a city. There's endless taverns to play her bagpipes in. And there's so many attractive ship captains <laughs> who come into Waterdeep. It's true. <laughs> so, you know, maybe she might play the taverns uh, near the ports a little more than the ones in the heart of town. But, you know, who's going to judge her? Occasionally she goes sailing and you can't see my webcam's not working, so you can't see my saucy quotation finger quotes, but I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, she she goes sailing. Yeah, she does. <laughs> and since Keela is in Waterdeep, Yulares, where's Yulares five years from now? So I imagine in that first year, she spent a little bit more time uh, in Rashman and then, uh, you know, studying and, and getting a little bit more comfortable uh, with people sort of on a like, you know, the day-to-day -day level rather than the here is an emergency and the end of the world kind of level. Um, and she assured them that she'd be back, but she had some business that she needed to take care of. And I imagine in that first year, um, 
Yularis would have headed back towards Waterdeep and then sort of set up her own little, uh, almost like a private eye kind of thing. But she's going to start looking into her grandfather and start digging for his secrets and start digging for all the dirt on her family that she can find. And eventually what she would want to do is use that dirt to shame the pants off of him and basically get him thrown out of uh, polite society and waltz in and save the family estate from ruin because of his negligence and his shady deals. And if she can do that, once she's sort of established herself, she would start going after the Academy for being such a highfalutin thing that is only extending invitations to people with um, noble backgrounds and and being such a place of uh, elitism rather than a place of serious academic study and badassery. And I mean, I imagine that's going to take a little bit more than five years. It's one thing to like get one (laughs) old guy thrown out of somewhere. It's another thing to take down an old academic institution. But I think the mission that she probably has now is either wheedling her way into the academy to change it or setting up a rival institution, which could do, you know, one semester in Waterdeep and one semester in Rashomon, you know, kind of thing, where it could be a rival um, institution that would turn out far better scholars because it wouldn't matter what your background is. It would matter how smart you are and how uh, serious you are. And so she would surround herself by with all the pupils from um, all along the Sword Coast and Rashomon who would want to study and try and recruit some, maybe some Hathren, if anyone, or some from Yoni or anyone who would like, you know, help teach on those semesters in Rashomon, maybe see what, who would be interested in this kind of thing. And then, you know, now every, maybe, maybe every, every now and then she could go like hang out with Cowan. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Maybe Cowan would want to be like a sessional instructor. Or I don't know. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe um, Cowan is like, takes everyone out on, mm-hmm field trip yeah. type instructor experiential learning <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so i don't i think five years might be ambitious for all that but that's the direction she's moving okay in. yeah i think that maybe keela can come in as like an occasional guest professor who Absolutely. comes in like once a semester to talk about the influence of uh music on magic mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and if Maypre ever stops by and wants to um absolutely embarrass some skinny academics and trying to (laughs) (laughs) trying to do arm wrestles or wield a glaive or any of that like you know it's good for them yeah sometimes those academics should probably do a push-up or something yeah (laughs) 
You can find Kristen at the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. She is with that crew with one of their storylines, so go check out her shenanigans there. Tracy is streaming on Twitch regularly, so check out her streams. That is twitch.tv forward slash TracySaur, T-R-A-C-Y-S-A-U-R. B is doing all sorts of streaming, though they have cut back as they have taken on a new role as a community manager for a VTT. Um, and I have a new show called Prompt to Life. Uh, there's only one episode out so far, so go check it out. Prompt to Life. All right. We'll see you. And I think we'll end at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <sighs> nice bath time <laughs> <laughs> love bath time and oh my goodness gracious I have forgotten the name I gave <laughs> the lady who's now in charge oh no okay let me I might have written it down but um Oh, no. I think my last notes that I took, they're in my work notebook. So I'm going to have to find. Well, it's that lady. He goes to take you to that Hathren. To to the lead Hathren, to head Hathren. Head Hathren. <laughs> okay. Mother Hathren. Um, so you go to head Hathren and you are up. The betrayer's blood is part of her now. Or her blood. Sorry, repeat. Blah, 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 blah. Can we pause for a second? Mm-hmm. Maypree's going to be okay in this situation, right? Yep. We're going to... Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Unpause. Okay, I think... That's kind of a funny ending, but we can do an epilogue. <laughs> Sounds good. And I think, is that that? No kidding. What a wild ride. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.